This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. We didn't give up and um, you know, even down 4 nothing, he kept going, he kept pushing, the goalie played well. Um, you know, we had some posts, we had some chances at the end of that second period and, uh, you know, we, it could have been a two or could have been a two or three goal game instead of four goal game going in the third and who knows what happens after that. But we have a, a huge game against a Western Conference team. Um, so we're going to have to be ready for that. They're a really good team. Pierre-Luc Dubois there uh, right here on 680 CGOB. You heard that last night as the Winnipeg Jets lost to the uh, Washington Capitals 5-2. And, you know, sometimes, Jim Toth, when, when you play another NHL team that has NHL talent on it, sometimes you get beat. Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Sometimes she comes, sometimes she goes. Yeah. Last night she went. <laughs> she didn't go. She didn't go. Yeah, uh, yeah. happy Monday, everybody. Looks yeah. like you got the case of the Mondays after that game last night. Um, but look, I'm, I'm not panicking about that at all. Yeah. As I joined Kelly Moore and the crew on the post-game show, I just sort of thought that, you know, the Jets weren't at their best, didn't look in sync, looked like a half step behind, and then uh, Washington was. The Washington played a great road game, a lot of vets in that. Yeah. They defended extremely well, and, yeah. and uh, it was tough on the Jets. Can they play better? For sure. But nothing I saw last night would make me panic about what's going on or anything like that. They just had an off game. Yeah, joined now by the coolest man in sports entertainment. Uh, by far. Jamie Thomas, Jets color analyst on 680 CJ. Not even close. Uh, the cool factor um, just keeps going up and up. And I keep thinking like, okay, it's got to peak. This has got to be the top of the cool factor. And then he just takes it up another notch. And then which, he joins us. And then he joins us, which I don't know, might bring him down, might bring him up. I'm not sure. That's to be determined. What do you think, Jamie? Is this an up or a down? All you guys have to do is walk into my house with me, and then you'll see the cool factor go to tip. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, Dad's, Get out of here, Dad! Dad's hey, never cool. Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. You're such a, you're such a loser, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that just gave me flashbacks when I had friends over, and Mr. Toth would come down in his tidy whities and go, I'm sleeping! <laughs> Keep it down. Do you want to hear about Hungary like, behind the Iron Curtain? Dad, can you put a robe on? My house, no robe. It's even worse when your dad comes in the, in the front room with no shirt on. That's even worse. Oh, oh, I, I, I've yeah, learned to embrace on. that. I Every summer at the dinner table now after work in the garden. You look good, Dad. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dad. And I know he's might be listening, so I love you, Dad. Yeah. Uh, the best of a kid's go to my dad. Grandpa, why are you never wearing a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're like, bar- to my childhood kids. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 it scarred me. Now it's going to scar you, uh, Jamie. I was. I why was... didn't old girls come back a second time, Jim? Well, maybe because dad never has a shirt on. <laughs> Uh, Jamie, this is therapy for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this, 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 yeah, people have tuned out there. already. Know me, Sorry, Jam. Jets fans. Here we go. <laughs> Jamie, you know what? The Winnipeg Jets—they had me believing in the third period. There, I, I, they got that second one uh, by uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois early on, and mm. I was saying to myself, "Okay, there's tons of time left." They get another one here, and I, you know, Perfetti had that great chance. Maybe held onto the puck just a couple sec. This is a split mm. second too long. Um, but I, I think that says a lot about this team, that there's still confidence here. They're down 4 nothing going into the third period. Yep. They have a pretty good end to the second, and they can kind of you know, rally themselves in the locker room and go, listen, we're still in this game. It's not over yet. Yeah, they could have like folded the tent in the third period and just went in cruise control and 
just try to limit the damage, realizing they still have three more games this week to go. And um, I give them credit. They, yeah. they, they kept the pedal to the metal. And I think, you know, the, the timeout called by the Washington Capitals came at a perfect time. They, you know, they recognized the fact that Winnipeg was all over them. They're in a little bit of trouble. So the timing of that was perfect by LaViolette. So they have to be given credit there too. Mm. And I think when, when I look at Cole Perfetti and the chances that he had, that was because in the first period that the Washington took away the shot lanes with their sticks and it was extremely hard for Winnipeg to get the shots through. So I think Perfetti was overthinking it or trying to get a little bit better look at the net. So taking a little bit longer than he needs to in a situation like that when a team defends as well as Washington because they close the gaps on you so quickly. So that is a younger player's decision. And that's, you know, in two or three years, Cole Perfetti is going to let that shot go. Yeah. So, Oh, you know what I mean? Like there, there, there's, yeah. that is what that's 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 classic first year in the National Hockey League full time. Um, you know, this, the, the amount of time that you have is limited. So uh, I guarantee in two, three years, Cole Perfetti's letting those shots fly in those situations. I wonder if he was thinking about his goal that he scored um, in Chicago, where he kind of held on to it just a second. Yeah. But that was the right move at that time, just to buy himself yeah. some time and some space, and then he let it go. So I wonder if he was thinking that, just getting into his head or something like that. I might be onto nothing or onto something here. but Right, and I think Chicago is like obviously at a different level of, of, of playing that, that Washington is too. So yeah. Washington is – as bad as they've been, and the only reason why Washington is sitting where they are right now is because of the, the catastrophic injuries they've they've had to deal with this year. They're, you know, I think a little bit later in this year, if they're not too far in the hole, they could be a problem for a lot of teams. But um, that is that's just a great hockey team that came here last night, and as Jim said, played a perfect road game. Yeah, they did. And talking about Cole Perfetti like that reminded me of the Minnesota game when they, they got mm. blown out there. But uh, Blake Wheeler made that pass and he held a little bit long, then fired it. And I thought, oh, that's got to be a one-timer. And I'm sure that he'll learn stuff like that. It's interesting to watch Cole play and, and develop yeah. at some points of his game so so much experience and, and veteran savvy already. And then other parts, mm-hmm. just raw rookie learning how to, how to do things at this level as well. So um, along those lines, Jimmy, pretty good week overall. I know Jets fans wanted a fifth win, but four wins in a row, they've established some yep. points in the bank. And I, 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 you know, I understand that I don't buy in too much of the cliche of every team has injuries and you just have to deal with it. It's no excuses. You can't lose three forwards from your top nine and not expect it to affect your team. Um, yep. We look around the Colorado Avalanche, some of the other teams that are banged up. There's glaring excuses on why they're not doing well with the injuries they have. But that being said, we're getting to the point where we got to start talking about this with the Jets because they've done this without Ehlers and Appleton and, and Mason Barron mm-hmm. came back in. But now with with uh, Sacramento Linen and we got Logan Stanley back and then out again, um, yeah. it, this is a team that's doing some good things despite the loss last night with a lot of holes in, in what they were hoping would be their overall lineup. Yeah, I think by by that, Jim, is that they're not thinking about who's on the lineup. And ordinarily, you know, sometimes when things aren't going well, you're like, well, we have these guys out. They're just not, they're looking past that. And I think it's because they've, they've been able to compete without these players in the lineup and realizing that, you know, miserating and being miserable about it or you keep constantly leaning back on it, it's not going to help. So I think they've they got to be given a lot of credit on this one. I still think, you know, in that second period, to me, they looked really tired. Um, I would even use that, you know, the shorthanded goal or the shorthanded power or penalty shot to lean up. Josh Morsey reacts just a little bit too slow uh, before realizing the guy's behind him and then takes off, right? And I think some of that has to do with fatigue and also a great play by Washington to cause that turnover. There's just lots of little things, but missing 
I think we don't talk about it enough. <laughs> Nikolai Ehlers not being in the lineup is so huge. And now you have Mason Appleton who's starting to fit in so perfectly on that, on that top line because of the way he gets in on the puck. Now, Michael Asamont, formerly known as Mikey Asamont, um, is kind of filling in that role too. So you keep having these replacements on the top line or we'll call Dubois and Connor for the, for the time being and doing the job. It's like at some point you're like, okay, well, it would be nice to know what this line looks like with Nikolai Ehlers or what this lineup looks like at this point with a healthy Nikolai Ehlers and, of course, Mason Appleton. But they've done a great job. They're still hanging around first place. So I think you can have the odd occasional blip here and there. And we now we're getting accustomed to them bouncing back and having a better response. They have the day off today. They'll be fresher tomorrow for when Vegas comes to town. Yeah, they've only lost back-to-back games, uh, I think, once this year, back in October, Vegas and Toronto. Jamie, am I correct on that? Yes, yeah. Okay. If you know that, then I know that I'm right. And I, I think they haven't lost back-to-back games on home ice yet this year, though. No, that no, because it was Vegas was correct. away. Yeah, yeah, that's correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, how do you think Rick Bonus is going to handle last night's game uh, heading into this this one against Vegas tomorrow? Well, I, I, we've the Jets have seen Vegas twice now, and you know that not the greatest of condition or like it was back to backs. Vegas came out like gangbusters. That one game was four four nothing before the Jets even stepped off the ice, and that that one was over before it even started. And then they survived. You know they they played well enough to and to earn a point in the other one. I uh, just remember Shifley and Morrissey had been they were trapped on the ice, and then as soon as Jack Eichel steps over the bench in overtime, you knew if he got the puck, it's over because he's fresh and nobody else was. So they play them twice now, realizing they come hard at you. Um, it's Vegas is really good, and they're getting goaltending where you didn't. I thought Logan Thompson, you know, that was I'm like Vegas is going to win with this guy uh, after watching him last year, but they're much better in their own end. Uh, they're still always great off the rush, but I, I, it's not so much what, how they're going to handle it. It's just they're going to have to learn deal with themselves. Do a better first period. Don't have those lapses that you had in the second period uh, against Washington, which I don't believe they will have. They'll be they'll be better prepared for this one, more well rested, which will play a large role in this as well. And um, injuries aside, you can't even think of that. But they, they know what Vegas is going to bring. It's just that first period is going to be instrumental into what they're doing. You can't be down four nothing or even two nothing and have to play catch up against the Vegas Golden Knights. Kevin Stenlin was called up from the Manitoba Moose on an emergency mm-hmm. basis. Um, I, I went to a Moose game about, well, I guess a month ago now against Iowa, and I was like, who is that? That looks like Blake Wheeler. And then everybody, <laughs> some other people said to me, they're like, um, no, that's the guy from training camp that we all thought, you know, is Wheeler wearing a new number? Oh, no, that's they have the same body build, the same physique, yeah. the same face, the same beard. Um, and, and he was impressive. Like, he's a veteran out of the Columbus organization. He's been around for a while. Do you think there's a chance he gets into the lineup, or is this just a, a, a precautionary move? About 45 I, seconds, Jamie, then we got to go. But yeah, just like you know. Yeah, of course. Well, let me, <laughs> yeah. First off, let me talk about my feelings. Um, <laughs> Daddy issues. We got a text here dad issues on Jets at noon, but go ahead. And then there was that time he took my candy. Um, <laughs> So speaking back to Kevin Stenland, I just don't think he gets in unless there's an injury. I think that was just based on someone must have been nicked up and they were wondering if they were going to be able to play. So it's it's going to have to take an injury for Kevin Stenland. That's not any knock on him. It's just this group has been playing so well and who are you going to take out? Um, you're pretty deep up the middle and that's, that's Stenland's position in the center. So um, it, it, unless somebody's hurt, I don't expect to see Kevin Stenland in the lineup tomorrow against Vegas. Yeah, uh, Jamie, as, as we let you go here, of course, Jamie Thomas, Jets color analyst, I'll let you with a little bit of Cam Poitras' philosophy. 
okay. uh, leading into tomorrow's game. Right. If it's if it's if they lose to Vegas, it's well, mm-hmm. it's just another game, another loss. You know, learning experience, going to move forward. If they win, yeah. statement win. <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm I like not sure if that's philosophy. I don't know if that's philosophy though. I think it's more like just an expectation. Oh, okay. I think if they win, it'll be, uh, yeah, we, well, we expect to win every game. We're on to the next one. (laughs) We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. Jamie, Jamie, I'm just here so I don't get fined and we're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) Jamie Thomas, uh, Jets color analyst joining us now. Jamie, thanks a lot, man. Take care. Okay. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Jets, Vegas. Uh, pre-game show starts at 5. Puck drop at 7 tomorrow. And hey, download the Jets at Noon podcast, Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. Miss a bit of the show. You can find us there. We'll be right back. Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB. Thanks, Sarah McCarthy. I didn't plan anything to uh, make you uncomfortable with today. Well, that's good. <laughs> That's it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. <laughs> but Jim did. Oh, no. No, I got nothing for Sarah. No. She's working hard today. I'm out of here. I got a case what? of the Monday. She's leaving. Yeah. We can't even. She's you like, know, the I'm thing, out of here. The thing is, it's like I, I like try to make a conscious effort. It's like, how am I going to like try and ruin Sarah's day today? Nothing. And like that's that's a big lapse on me, so I apologize, Sarah. Well, that's on you that. if that's okay. what you want to do to her day. I try to look at ways to brighten it, like with the sandwich well, no. talk and stuff. Well, no, I'm trying to brighten it yeah. because she. That's what I'm trying to do by making her uncomfortable. News is Ruin tough. Slash up uplift. I'm trying to uplift. Yeah. Got four more days this week. <laughs> <laughs> Counting down the days. Uh, <laughs> when's got, that HR meeting about us? Oh God. Four two, more chances. Maybe you get that HR meeting on Wednesday about us. Well, hopefully that'll come through for you. Man, he's some kind of dude. (laughs) Thanks, sir. Shut up. Uh, Welcome to the show. Jets at noon. Cam Poitras here. Jim Toth. Um, Text messages here. 204-780-6868. Of course, we've got the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights coming up tomorrow. Pre-game at 5. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Text the show. 204-780-6868. Download the podcast. Jets at noon. Apple, Spotify, wherever you find that. Of course, the Jets up losing to the Washington Capitals 5-2 yesterday. Uh, Just get to... Before we get into a more broad discussion about the game last night, um, got a couple text messages um, here. Um, this one, uh, this one from Johnny Utah. He says, uh, "What did Shifley, what did what did Shifley say to get a two um, to get to ten minute misconducts? I think this is his second one. Uh, that is correct. It is a second. And um, what about Shifley's misconduct? I support him in the one." In Dallas, when he got a misconduct, I do. Yeah, I, it sucks that he they missed him for overtime. They ended up winning it anyways, um, but that could have. But I, I, I support him. I support him on that. Well, one. here that's the question. Right before we get to this one is yeah. uh, what you just said. I support him too. Like it was yeah. awful there, but yeah. you also cost your team that. Like if they lose that game and don't have him in overtime, do you feel the same? Yeah. See, I don't. I yeah. don't. I say like you cost the team, but I understand you know sticking up for your teammates and getting angry and all that sort of thing. I'm not. I'm not against that sort of thing, but it could. It could have worked bad. Um, and then another text message here. What about Mark's misconduct? The refing wasn't great. I saw three miscalls. Temper, temper, Mr. Mark. I. So Mark again, like you, that's your second one this year. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can get one, and it's not good. But I understand it. And the Dallas game was that it. So Mark can't do that. Um, but the, he didn't cost his team anything this time. So that's the difference to me. I was with the texter there and the officiating. There was 
about three to four calls in concession. I'm just like, that's a trip or that's this or Pierre Dubois coming through out of his own end and gets hauled down. I don't know why that's not called. I yeah. I mean, it's a 4-2 game. It's not... I mean, I'm finding excuses on why it might or might not be called, and that's my biggest complaint with the NHL is it there shouldn't be excuses or time of the game or anything. A penalty is a penalty. The other... Three, I'm kind of like, you know, that's that's a penalty most nights. But if it's not tonight, I guess, like, it didn't infuriate me or anything. But I'm with them. I thought there was three or four calls missed. But I, I don't know. Like, the officiating over this course of this year has just been it, – it's it <laughs> hasn't been good. It hasn't been great. And, and it hasn't been consistent. Yeah, this one from uh, Jimmy James, Texas Show, 204-780-6868. Uh, between Calgary at 30 points and Winnipeg at 37, there are six teams. It don't take much of a losing streak, and the Jets are scratching to make the playoffs. Come on, Jimmy. Let's 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 not the the the. the. That's the Winnipeg not, sport not, fan I've become to embrace that they're always waiting for the other shooter. We're to fall. not bailing. There's no one bailing the boat out here. Two four to five game losing streaks is not hard to accomplish by any of the teams. The second half will tell the story of who the Jets are, Ehlers or no Ehlers. That one from Jimmy. Well, Jimmy, I mean, and again, this is just the crunching of the numbers and, and all that sort of thing. What does this mean? I don't know. But this is this is what Money Puck did, and they put it out. These guys are very good. They they totally. Uh, I it's math that I don't even understand. But they've they've broken down how they figure this thing out. The Winnipeg Jets right now on moneypuck.com have a 98.2% chance of making the playoffs, okay? They have a 20.1% chance of making the cup final and a 9.9% chance of winning the whole thing. What does that mean? Not really too much. But I'm just saying that even, even the analytics community and all that sort of thing, there's a lot of good things going on with the Winnipeg Jets. Again, we talked about this last week. They got goaltending. They have special teams. They have guys that can score, and they got a really, really strong defense. They have a lot of pieces that could make a splash if and when they make the postseason here. So, Jimmy, I maybe there's other fans out there that feel the same way as you. I would just say pump the brakes a little bit. They went on a four-game winning streak. They lost yesterday. They weren't their best, but they were not horrible last night. That's that's a very important distinction here. They're going to lose some games this month. They have 16 games in 30 days. And they have five games coming up this week in yeah. seven days. They have five games in seven days with travel. They're going to lose some games. They got Vegas tomorrow, Nashville Thursday. They go to Vancouver Saturday, then to Seattle on back-to-back. Then they come home and host Ottawa. Then they go back out on the road and go back-to-back Boston, Washington. They're going to lose some games over this next two weeks. Yeah. It's just, and I I understand, like, you don't like what you saw against Washington because I I agree they were a half-step behind. They didn't get going to the last two minutes of the second period, and then when they did. But this is where I give Washington a lot of credit yesterday. When they yeah. got going, some veteran savvy took over, and and they really – you know, Ovechkin didn't stand out yesterday. He had an empty net goal, but he Certainly didn't – offensively wasn't that Certainly dangerous. Not. But where he stood out to me was defensively. He was really good defending and, and keeping things to the outside. Twice he took the puck off Kyle Connor on a rush. Um, so – they're, they're just, look, they won four in a row and they lost one yesterday. I know when you lose to Columbus and you lose like yesterday because you're not playing well, the old habits you go back to, but this is a good team. They're making the playoffs and they're going to lose some games over the next two to three weeks just because of the schedule and it's tough to keep up your level of play. You go and you play two games against the Central Division. It's ramped up. You understand that there's a big swing back to back. 
St. Louis and Chicago. St. Louis does not, as of right now, I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but they don't look like the St. Louis of the last few years. It looks like that something's going up there. There's Something's not working, goaltending, defensive structure, all that sort of thing. Something's going on with the, with the St. Louis Blues. Are they going to be able to right the ship? Remains to be seen. Chicago is in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes 100%. They are not a good team and all that sort of thing. But back-to-back on the road, not a big travel distance between St. Louis and Chicago. Um, but at the same time, still a back-to-back, back to Winnipeg to play a game at home against against Washington. I, I remember Don Cherry would talk about this all the time. It was you know, sort of a dreaded, a coach's dreaded game it was back from a road trip. The coaches hate it. You get back in your bed, you get a little bit comfortable. And, and these games tend to happen after long road trips. I think Paul Maurice was talking about it uh, over the last couple of years as well. Um, it's a tough one. And, and Jim, this is a real, real difficult schedule for the Winnipeg Jets. There's, there's no doubt about it here. They had a tough schedule to the start and they did well. Yep. Um, they went through in November and did well. They're, you know, I'm just looking at the December here. They beat Anaheim. Um, they beat Florida. They lost to Columbus. They beat St. Louis. They beat Chicago. And they lost to Washington. They're four and two in six games right now. Vegas is tough tomorrow. That's that's going to be an interesting game. They should beat Nashville Thursday. Vancouver, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's no joke this year, but no. you should win in Vancouver. But then again, these are back-to-back games. I'm just saying, like, this is the fun part of it, is you're, you're going to see teams that beat them that they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. And you're going to see teams that maybe you might go like the Colorado and, and, and maybe Vegas tomorrow night that you're like, well, this could be tough, and they, they get a point or win. It's just an extremely tough part of the schedule. 16, day, 16 games in 30 days. And then five in the next seven days. That's that's a tough schedule, but they're good. Trust me, this is a good team. I think they're going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I have absolutely no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, Texas Show, 204-780-6868, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I do want to bring up the Alex Ovechkin in town yesterday. Um, okay. There was uh, some members in the crowd that had a Ukraine flag and Ukraine hockey jerseys. And while we were doing an intermission, one of the gentlemen in the Ukraine hockey jersey was walking around the concourse. And look, Alex Ovechkin, I think it's forgotten. And I'm not defending him at all. I can't believe he still has a picture of Putin up on his Instagram. But I do think it needs to be noted. I think this in the Ukraine community showed some support for Ukraine yesterday. And I I kind of enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's necessary. But I don't put this on Ovechkin, and I think he did come out. I don't think. I know he came out when this was at the forefront um, of the hockey season, and he said, I don't support the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, I I think that, you know, his relationship and the fact that he is not renouncing his relationship, um, I was wondering with our massive Ukraine community here yeah. in the province um, what that would mean to them, and I'm glad that they showed up and showed their support for Ukraine. I don't blame this war on Ovechkin. Yeah. And, and I think that's a stretch for people who want us to talk about that. What I do think is he has answered and should have to answer about his relationship with Putin, but he did, and he denounced the war. I'm not defending Ovechkin again. I just want to make – I'm more bringing this up because I want to make note of the Ukraine community and the support they showed for their country, and I appreciate that at yesterday's yeah. game. Yeah, you know, and, and just to kind of tag on the back of that, 
this is very difficult and it hits a it hits again because of the strong Ukrainian community here in Winnipeg it hits it hits a big tone here um and you know in in terms of Ovechkin and stuff like that yeah i mean there there's how how many photos are there of him and 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 Vladimir Putin they're buddies like they hang out in the off season 100% there i i have no doubt about that at all Right. Um, what kind of ramifications if he came out and he deleted that photo on Instagram or or he or he goes out and he, he actively goes up against Vladimir Putin and says a lot of things. You know, look what happened to our Timmy Panarin. You know what I mean? There might be some issues, concerns about family and all that sort of thing there. Maybe I'm out of line by saying that. But um, I, I but I do 100 percent like those guys out there waving the flag and stuff like that, 100%. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever and uh, supporting Ukraine and, and all that sort of thing. I have no problems with that whatsoever. Yeah, so. and, I, you know, and I'm not, again, defending him. And I had uh, Slava Malamud on, who's a very, very big on this and yeah. is not a fan. And, and I, I'm proud to have him on the show when this first started and, and he defended it. Um, but I, I also, like, I love to look at stories from all angles. Mm-hmm. And the other angle here is what you mentioned about what could happen to him. But... Look, they're friends, they're buddies. And when you're buddies with somebody that powerful, um, they're going to do some things that you... And I'm not speaking for Ovechkin either, that, but he yeah. said himself, I don't support this war. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know what you do when you have a, a colleague or a friend that does stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, in the situation with Artemi Panarin, Panarin strongly criticized uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, those allegations of, of sexual assault started to come up. I mean, it, it, it caused some, some, some big issues, so... I think, you know, sometimes in, if we're as Canadians, you know, we can basically say what we want about our leaders without fear of of, of retribution and stuff like that, no matter how close we are. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult situation. But again, again, just like you're saying, I'm not defending Alex Ovechkin. I mean, when you're buddies with a guy like that, who's got a long list of, I don't even know how you would even describe it, of acts, um, you know, I, those guys going out there and, you know, waving a Ukrainian flag again. Like, I'm, I'm, and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm a broken record here. I'm a broken record. That's what this is about. This right now is about I, I wanted to make mention of the two gentlemen and the people who brought the Ukraine flag and how that was a great moment that you stood up in front of uh, um, Ovechkin and, and showed your support for Ukraine. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Good on you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, text messages here, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. We're getting texts, too, and notes that it was a slash on Shifley, which I totally agree. Yeah. I saw the slash, but, um, I, again, if that's a tie game and, and he says that, are you, like, I get it. Like, I get the frustration of it, and the same in Dallas, but, he, and he didn't cost his team yesterday, so. Yeah, I mean, how, how much, going back to that, the money puck numbers and stuff like that. Ninety eight point two percent make the playoffs. Twenty point one percent make the Cup final. I mean, how, how much stock do you even put into that? I mean, to me, as like a fan and and somebody that's you know a broadcaster and stuff like that, and, and someone who who loves the Winnipeg Jets, I look at that and go, yeah, right on. Um, Here, I mean, here's it's, it's good I, to see. I'd rather I'd rather them it show that they had a ninety eight point two percent chance of making the playoffs than a ten percent chance of making the playoffs. I'll just say that. Well, and and the thing is, is there's a team that has a nine percent chance that is that could is going to make the playoffs. Then we all go, well, what about this? Invite, but this is the majority of things. I mean, the L.A. Rams came back on the Raiders with Baker Mayfield, and I think the chances of them on that final drive with a minute to go was ninety eight point seven percent they were going to lose that game, and they drove hundred ninety yards and won that game. Like it happens, but I don't think that's happening here. Here's why I don't, Cam. It, we we need to start talking about this. They are missing five starters out of their lineup. 
and they're tied yeah. for first in the division with a game in hand. Now, that over this stretch that I just said about how many games they have over the next two weeks, it could really come up and bite them. Yeah, They get another injury or two or somebody's banged up and isn't at 100% and has to play. But I am really impressed with this Jets team and the fact that they've done this without Morgan Barron for over a month, without Mason Appleton over a month, and for without Nick Ehlers, say, for two games. And yeah. and I think a lot of people, including myself, had Nick Ehlers as an all-star this year on that number one line and number one power play. To, to be in this spot and, and to tread water over the next two weeks and go into the new year and hopefully get some healthy bodies back, I, I, they're making the playoffs, in my opinion. Morgan Barron, he had an assist. Uh, now he has eight points in his last 12 games. Adam Lowry scored a goal, of course, last night as well. He's got nine points in his past nine games. Uh, led the Jets with, with shots on goal last night, so they're they're getting the depth the depth guys. Adam Lowry's um, having I mean, a great is, year. Is Adam Lowry? Can we? Is he a depth guy? I don't even know if you even if you can even say that he is. Adam Lowry is one of the well. Here's he's, what we he's, can he's, say he's about certainly, him. He's a core. He's a I don't think he's core. a depth guy at all. I no, think he's I, got I, an A on his shoulder, and yeah. I think he's a part of the core. But here's yeah. the Adam Lowry is one of the best third line centers in the league. Absolutely. So when you look at third lines, like people go, "Well, the bottom six, the bottom six, but he's one of the best. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, lots of stuff going on here in terms of the salary cap. Uh, how much can the salary cap go up? Where can it go? Well, there's two options. I'll tell you what those two options are after this. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back. Final segment of the show here. Got about uh, two minutes or so. Um, cap, Jim, could go to as high as $86 million. If the players are able to pay back uh, the owners, which I find hilarious, is franchise um, values like seemingly double every two years. Thanks for the loan, Dad. Here you I, go. I we could have that's in a whole other conversation. Ridiculous the escrow situation. They're is. making money off these guys, and then they got to pay, pay them back. back. Well, because they took a big hit. I, I'm torn on this because I think the owners take all the risk. So when they make money, they should. Well, I'm but the players well, as, are... as a capitalist myself, I 100% agree with that. I'm somebody who's, if you're a business owner, you're taking all the risks. So, of course, there should be more in it for you than, than other people. Right. Yeah, I could see. I mean, that's how I feel. Like a lot of people go, that these owners, that I said this, that, owners Do you not like that? That I'm a capitalist? No, I, I don't. <laughs> like I, 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 the reason I love HRR is because like I remember when Sammy Sosa I read an article years and years ago when he was in the home run derby, or not the derby, but the chase with McGuire. Mm-hmm. And his his paraphernalia, his T-shirts, his jerseys, everything brought in like something like $60 million to the Cubs. Just his. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we all sit here and go, an athlete should never make that much. And I'm like, if that team is making $60 million off his jersey number, yeah. why shouldn't he make $20 million a year? I 100% agree with you. Now I know he's making way more and stuff, but like like these baseball players aren't getting lo- the owners aren't getting loans like this, like Justin Verlander gets eighty three million over two years. That tells me the Mets are going to make money off him. Hundred percent, they wouldn't do that otherwise. Like more than eighty three million. Well, it's like Aaron Judge, third highest paid player now. How much money did they make off Aaron Judge last year? I mean, ticket sales, yep. jerseys, T-shirts. They're, they're not giving that contract to lose cash. So in hockey, like, the cap goes up, but hockey's a much different realm. I get it. Like, there's not $500 million rolling in in profits every yeah. year. But I, I, like, I don't, I know we love to do this because we're like, well, he makes $6 million, he should do this, he should do that. I, it, the, there's nobody making money in the NHL that the team isn't making money off them. 
You're right. You're right. But it, like, but I, at the same time, I can I can have all that, and then at the same time, think that like the fact that the players are having to pay back the owners in this in this. Well, true. Now, now this was a deal they agreed to with the players' association. We got only like got twenty seconds here, but they, yeah. this, this was a, a deal that the union and, and the and the owners came to an agreement with. So I mean, now that being said, they took a bath in the in the pandemic, like. Huge, a huge bath, yeah. and, and that's why when talk, they make money, like if the Jets profit three hundred million in a year, I have talk, no problem with that because they lost a ton of money the past two years. Talk to Mark Chipman about how much the Winnipeg Jets. How the, Mark you know, doesn't talk to me. I know, but they're still they're still digging themselves out. That's of That's not true. That I saw him the other day. I said hi, Mark. He said hi, Jim. That was it. I said, how much money you make last year? <laughs> <laughs> Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.